for Lickin' On Lending. Welcome, everybody. Good to have you with us. Welcome to Lickin' On Lending, a weekly mortgage market update providing up-to-the-minute information on interest rates, loan programs, and hot industry news, all related to the mortgage industry. Brought to you by Transformational Mortgage Solutions. To participate in today's program, our guest call in line is 646-716-4972. Now here's your host of Lickin' On Lending, David Lickin'. Let's begin. Welcome, everybody. Good to have you here. This is our first official live podcast of the new year. And we're so grateful to have you as our listener. I'd like to say a thank you to all of you listeners for supporting the Lickin' On Lending podcast. We are humbled to be recognized as one of the top podcast, not only in the nation, but anything related to mortgage in the world. And there's literally hundreds and hundreds of podcasts, both Feedspot and Good Vibe Squad, who monitor podcasts, who are looking at who's got what audience, size of audience, downloads, listenership, blah, 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 all that kind of good stuff that goes into it. They all put us on the top must-listen-to podcasts in the mortgage industry. So thank you both Feedspot, who ranked us number four in the world, and Good Vibe, who put us, I think, at number eight or nine. I'm not sure exactly, but in the top upper 10. And so we're grateful for that. So kudos to those of you listeners supporting us. Kudos to our regulars who are here making this podcast so successful. Again, this podcast is created by mortgage professionals. It is for mortgage professionals and anyone else interested in the real estate market. An increasing number of people tell me I'm not a mortgage professional. I'm a realtor or I'm a builder or I'm a consumer, but I like hearing what you guys are talking about and the way you guys deliver it. So Whoever you are, we're grateful to have you as our listener. Again, our commitment is to bring you timely information in an audio format that you can listen to anytime and anywhere. Joining me back today on the podcast has got my co-host, Mark Helm. He's back finally after it seems like a forever absence. Also, Alice Alvey is here and David Kittle is in here live and the rest of them will share you their recordings they submitted. Happy New Year to the regulars. So good to have you all here. Alice, I see you. We're logged into a Zoom call. We're recording a Zoom call, but it's great to see you, Alice, waving at you and saying thank you. And Mark, good to have you back, man. It is good to be here and I'm I temporarily have a reprieve on all the health care. I pretty much decided I don't want to be in the healthcare business. <laughs> yeah, I know. You've been taking care of your brother, which is amazing. I love yeah. to come in with your family. It's just uh, admirable that. And then we've got Mr. Kittle here with us. Kittle. Happy New Year. Mr. Kentucky himself wearing his Kentucky colors. So it's good to have you here all of you. And so let's get into it. And first of all, I'll say thank you to our sponsors, Byte Software. I got recording some videos and some commentary from some of their, from their customers. Folks, you, when we look for partners, we look for companies that will truly partner with you and align your interest with theirs and theirs with yours. And we're seeing that in such a big way with Byte Software and so excited to be releasing some recordings that we are doing Byte customers. And we're putting those out in the form of a podcast, but it's really informative. And so I'm really excited about sharing some of these, but it's really grateful to have Byte Software as a advertiser and a partner. Also, Finastra, they do a phenomenal job of setting up custom decision parameters to help streamline the approval process while keeping the lending team compliant and efficient. Uh, their efficiency and the way they work is reason they're number one fintech company in the world. Then total expert. I was talking to Joe Waylu on Friday afternoon. I'm so grateful for the partnership with Joe Waylu. They do a great job of what they're doing. Again, another company that is really focused in on 
the needs of their users. And uh, they're going to have an upcoming user conference here in the next couple of months. We're going to be talking more about it. It is by far one of the best conferences I attend each year. It's a must attend. So check out Total Expert. They're the purpose-built CRM, customer engagement platform to create growth and loyalty for anyone in the lending business. Also, Lender Homepage, an all-in-one platform that provides seamless front-end solutions to the mortgage business of all sizes. Grateful to have them. Also, True, income employment verification, industry-leading coverage and conversion with a support of 90% of the U.S. workforce. And the best part, their costs are 80% less than the leading provider out there. Just amazing amount of money you could save. Anyway, check them out. Also, Angel AI, Pavon and the team there at Angel AI, grateful for them. The MBA, so grateful for what the MBA does for us. Lenders One and the Mortgage Collaborative, these two co-ops are just so important to be involved in, especially in markets like we're in right now. We've got Mr. Kittle. I'm sure we're going to get a Mortgage Collaborative TMC update here in just a little bit, as well as iEmergent. And when it comes to business intelligence, you've got to check out what iEmergent can do for you. Then also Mobility MMI and Modex, both of these companies give you business intelligence as it relates to originations, as does iEmergent. We put those all three together. iEmergent adds another element to it, but really great stuff. And we're so grateful to have them here. Let's see. On January 1st, we released an episode with Matt Van Flossen of Absolute Home Mortgage on the topic of challenges facing the real estate officers, the real estate industry, realtors specifically, and loan officers due to ongoing changes in the real estate industry. It was a real interesting interview with Matt. He was amazingly articulate about the topics, and you'll find that podcast, if you haven't already listened to it, go back and listen to it. Really good. Upcoming this week, we've got January 11th. We're releasing the interview with Richard Harris of Trust Engine. What I loved about that interview is Richard's outside the mortgage industry. He comes from the tech world and Silicon Valley and his perspective of what he sees within the mortgage industry. We recorded that interview this last week. He brings such a wealth of information. You're going to love that interview very much. Also, special thank you to Adam DeSantis. You're going to hear from him in just a minute. Les Parker, Matt Graham, Mr. Kittle <laughs> is live with us. Alice Alvey's here with the, the legislative update. And uh, let's see if we hear from Alan Pollock, see if he'll be able to join in and get here with us. Hopefully so. Anyway, so good to have you here with us. Let's get over to the MBA and listen to the MBA Mortgage Minute with Adam DeSanctis. Hi, I'm Adam DeSanctis. This is the Mortgage Minute, the latest news from the Mortgage Bankers Association. Happy New Year. It's great to be back to deliver the first Mortgage Minute of 2024. MBA submitted comments last week in response to the Department of Housing and Urban Development's proposed mortgagee letter implementing amendments to FHA's 203K Rehabilitation Mortgage Insurance Program. The proposed changes would employ many of the suggestions we offered in previous comments, including extending the $75,000 cap FHA proposes for high-cost regions to include all areas when utilizing the limited 203K and allowing outside consultants to be used with the standard 203K. As you know, unlocking the FHA 203K renovation program is a key MBA priority given its potential to address housing supply shortages by facilitating the rehabilitation of outdated and or dilapidated housing stock that would otherwise lack marketability. We are pleased that many of the proposed enhancements are consistent with the items we recommended in our initial letter last April. We will continue to engage with FHA on this program update and any others. That's it for this week. Thank you for listening. 
Thank you, Adam DeSanctis. Appreciate the NBA and all that they're doing for us. Be sure to sign up for the Mortgage Action Alliance app so that you can support the NBA's efforts on the Hill in D.C. And when they're talking to and communicating with legislators, it's a great app. Sign up and become a member of the NBA while you're there. Now it's time for the Les Parker TM Spotlight and this week's macro view of the markets. And yes, he's doing it again in a music parody. Now you think about this. Some people laugh and some people go crazy about Les's trying to do it. I think it's just gutsy that Les does it. And he brings so much information. It's just a good way of introducing what's happening. This one is really interesting. So pay attention. Les Parker, what do you have for us? TM Spotlight Soundbites is brought to you by Power Seller, making hedging easy. Bulls wonder, they wonder why bonds had to go down this way. The rate trend is down, but the 10-year yield needs to correct between 410 and 425 to relieve the pressure from recent short selling by fast money. Meanwhile, dropping back below 390 invigorates the bulls. Fundamentals remain mixed. Will ships avoiding the Red Sea Passage drive up inflation and rates? Or will it drag on the global economy and sink rates? Regardless, give bulls one more try. These views are mine. Catch the bounce at TM Spotlight. Searching big bounce. Bulls searching to go low. Good job, Lesson Gary Cantrabone. That Gary Cantrabone is the one that puts on all the sound effects. They work together and collaborate on that. It gets a lot of listens, listeners. Effort. And so kudos, Les and, and Gary. Appreciate that effort that goes into that. It's really good. Really good. Anyway, we're going to get some commentary on that in just a minute. All right, let's get over to Matt Graham, founder and CEO of MBS Live. Uh, he is here with a market update. And Matt, what do you have for us today, my friend? Hey, everybody. This is Matt Graham with the MBS Live Market Update. Last week was not so great for the bond market, but in the bigger picture, it didn't do too much damage. It was shortened by the holiday, the New Year holiday, and uh, it was not without significant economic data and events. The first event that came along was JOLTS, Job Openings and Labor Turnover Survey, that has been an increasingly important report for the bond market, and last week's example was no exception. It uh, contributed to gains on the 3rd, and uh, that occurred at 10 a.m. in the morning. Then the Fed was out with the minutes from the most recent meeting three weeks ago. The minutes came out on January 3rd. The meeting was three weeks ago. And uh, they didn't do any damage. They didn't uh, really push back against the market's takeaway regarding potential rate cuts in 2024 and uh, that facilitated gains to the best levels of the week with 10-year yields as low as 3.90 ish on uh, wednesday afternoon from there there was weakness heading into friday's jobs report european economic data didn't help and uh, the Thursday morning economic data didn't hurt too terribly much, but it also definitely didn't help with jobless claims coming in all the way down at 202 versus a 216 forecast. And uh, we also had ADP jobs beating the consensus by about 50 grand. And uh, even though ADP is not a great indicator for NFP, if it's far enough from forecast, it can still garner a reaction. 
Uh, no major reactions Thursday morning. Markets were really waiting for Friday's jobs report. The jobs report itself was mixed. Uh, the headline was stronger than expected. Revisions were negative. Uh, the unemployment rate was a little bit misleading because although it stayed low at 3.7 uh, and missed the forecast of rising to 3.8, the labor force participation rate went down 0.3%, which is sort of uh, another way to say if the labor force had stayed the same, then the unemployment rate would have risen by 0.3%. So if it had stayed the same, the unemployment rate would be 4%. Those are a lot of ifs, of course, and there can be positive reasons for people leaving the labor force, but it was just one of the ways that uh, the market can sometimes frame a particular result in the economic data to sort of push back on the headlines implication. So in this case, the headline implication was negative for bonds, and these additional layers of complexity helped to push back in the other direction even before the 10 a.m. data came out, and that was the ISM non-manufacturing index. That's the more important of the two ISM reports. Uh, the other one is the manufacturing index. Go figure. And uh, non-manufacturing came out weaker than expected, nearly in contractionary territory at 50.6. Anything under 50 is considered contractionary. But it was the employment index falling well below the lowest levels of the past few years, all the way back to the lockdown time frame in 2020 uh, that did the heavy lifting for bond buyers and uh, sparked a fairly big rally on Friday. That got yields from 4.05 all the way down to 3.95. And uh, then sellers came in by the afternoon and we were right back at pre NFP levels, uh, NFP referring to non-farm payrolls, the key component of the jobs report. So all told, there was no net reaction to jobs and no net reaction to ISM, but just a lot of high volume volatility in between. Now at the start of the new week, bonds are gaining ground, not for any particular reason. Some people are observing that oil prices continue to operate near their December lows and that they've pushed down a little bit at the start of the new week. Uh, it's really hard to make a case for strong correlation over very short time horizons between oil and bonds, so that's not an explanation I want to lean on too much, but we can keep it in mind in the bigger picture as uh, oil prices will eventually filter through to inflation, which will generally filter through to bond yields. In the remainder of the week, there is really only one key report that I would be focusing on, and that is CPI on Thursday, the Consumer Price Index is expected to come in at 0.3 at the core level month over month, and that's the same as last month. Headline is seen ticking up just a tenth of a point, not paying much attention to the headline, mainly looking for that core reading to be at 0.3 or lower, and that should help bonds continue to hold their ground. In terms of the trend, that is the question. Are bonds going to continue to hold their ground at or below 4 to 4.1% in terms of 10-year yields? Uh, I think CPI will go a long way in helping make that determination. That's going to do it for this week. Back to you. Thanks, Matt. Appreciate it very much. All right. Let's get into some discussion on the markets and also the NBA. Alice, I'd like to start off with you. If you can get any thoughts on the the NBA report, glad to see that going on. That was good. It segues into the report I was also going to give, and that the NBA reported on the 203K proposed changes, which were sitting in a drafting table form on right. HUD's website. So essentially they had the mortgagee letter drafted 
and we were commenting on that aspect. So it was a unique way of HUD putting their policy that they're proposing on the table. That policy, that ML said that there was still a difference in how high HUD is going to go for a high cost area versus all the other areas. So the mortgagee letter still states in a 203K uh, limited, which we used to know as streamlined, that it will go up to 50,000. And MBA is reporting that they know from HUD that's going to be 75,000, which is what HUD approved for the high cost areas. So it'll be, uh, I did put a call out to MBA to find out, hey, how do you know this already? <laughs> Are you willing to <laughs> tell us for sure? Or because what's sitting on the mortgagee letter drafting table still is 50,000, not 75. So we will follow up on that with everybody, but also you can watch for that. So that's my comment on that. Don't everybody run out for the 203K at the 75,000 for other yes, areas yes. just yeah. yet, because yes, it may yeah. be that they settle in at 50. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll, we'll get that and get the rest of your report in just a minute. Mr. Kittle thoughts on the, We've heard about the markets. Love your thoughts on the market. What's going on within TMC? Anticipation of lower rates following with many with Doug Duncan and Les Parker and others. Or is that what everyone's doing or just saying we're going to take it one day at a time, whatever comes. So we're hearing from our members that business is up, volumes up yeah. a little bit. All good news. It's amazing that the rates of today are the rates that where we were maybe 60, 65, 70 days ago and 70 days ago, they were horrible. So now that they've come back down to those levels, they're great. So again, it's the perception and you just got to go out and sell in this market regardless of what the yeah. rate is. To Adam's re report just for a second, it's yeah. the administration comes in, I think their last four or five job reports, they come in with great jobs created, but the last four or five in a row after they come in have all been advised down. Significantly so downwards. Yeah, I know. And then the numbers really aren't accurate. So that's a trend and something that needs to be considered and watched. It hurts the credibility of the initial report, especially when it constantly gets revised downward. And it's, okay, we're in election year. We're going to, I mean, is, is this the spin zone, the O'Reilly spin zone kind of thing going on here with this administration, the Biden spin zone? But we shall see. We don't, we know we're going to see a lot of positive spin put on things in a, election year and it is only going to get more so as we head further into the year mark helm thoughts on what we've heard les parker talk about and matt graham talk about and the mba i think as i look at it today as a consumer out there and seeing that our congress is finally working together to get some things done maybe covering our debt a little while and also talking to my buddies in the real estate business and in the mortgage business things seem to be picking up. I see a turning trend that we're seeing here, and I'm seeing a little bit more stability. Matt talked about that. We still go back and the bonds will trade a little faster, a little slower, and you never know what that's going to end up all term. But I like where we've been recently, and I'm just very optimistic for this year because of the election and things getting better. And I think we're going to be at a much better place in the July, August timeframe than we've been for the, nearly the last two years. And I hope I'm right. So what's really interesting is I look at a number of economists and how they're forecasting out there. And first of all, when it comes to where the overall economy is going to go, I immediately look to their sponsors or whoever I'm listening to. If it's a gold and silver sponsor sponsoring their podcast, I expect gloom and doom. 
It's that's how you sell gold and silver. If it's not a crisis, you spend it out like it's going to be a crisis. So you want to run out and buy gold and silver. So I automatically discount those. There's one economic, there's two of them actually we're going to put in the show notes for this. One of them was one that is, I've, I don't have, I, I close out all my windows, so I don't have it, so I don't have the notes of it. But he said there's four key economic indicators, and one of which he did say, and I wish I could quote the individual, but check our show notes on there. He said is there's GDP, which we all hear about GDP all the time, but in correlation, direct relation to that is GDI, gross domestic income. And 90% of the time, vast majority of the time, those two are working in tandem. They're locked at the hip just lockstep with each other when they have departed and GDP has gone up and GDI gross domestic income has gone down without fail. It has signaled a recession and the degree of the separation is the degree in which the recession will be. There is concern that this could be a much more severe recession this year because of this. And again, this is one of those economic reports. I don't run around. I don't, I'm like the glass half full person. <laughs> I'm one of those guys. I'm in there with the, everyone on this podcast. We get a lot of reason where our podcast is getting the ratings. It does the listenership. It does. Cause we try to find the glass half full aspects of it. How do we survive in these markets? What are we doing with it? That's what we're focusing in on. But there are things that you need to pay attention to. And so I destroy and get rid of all the gold and silver dealers fired forecasts, get rid of those. And I look at those that have really had a track record of doing this. Another guy in a Fox business is Harry S. Dent. It's one of the economists. He's always seemed to be more in the gloom and doom. Now, he made it big when he wrote in the 80s, The Great Boom Ahead. And he studies demographics. When you look at the trends of the population, the baby boomers, what they were doing back in the 80s, now it's the Gen Zers and the millennials. What are they doing now? What is the trend? He is saying we are going to have one of the worst recessions and it's going to get into a full-blown depression is what he is saying. I don't buy that. I'm not saying that, but I think we need to listen to it, look at it, especially when he is been accurate a number of times in the past. Unfortunately, the last few times his economic forecasts have been not done. And it's something that you could talk about, Kittle, a lot. And that is the Fed's policies manipulating what might have otherwise been an accurate forecast. And so I think what I did is we're going to put both of those forecasts in the notes, show notes. So when you go to our Lincoln on Webs Lincoln on Lending website, you can click on and watch and listen to both of those economic reports. But I just find that really interesting that both seems like a general trend discounting the gold and silver dealers, which I expect them always to be in the negative. There seems to be more of a trend of a more reoccurrence of a, this is going to, we're heading into recession and therefore the downturn, it's the extent of which we might see. I think whatever it is, I think we just need to be doing what, you're talking about David, and that is being nimble and being on our feet. Throw that out there. Get some last thoughts before we get over to Alice on her report. Round the horn on that, David. Any thoughts you want to reflect on any of that? Yeah, I will just comment quickly on what you said. I think whatever you believe, you can find somebody out there to say it. <laughs> yes. <I think> <laughs> and at the end of the day, you still got to do loans and business. <laughs> what if we go into a recession? Everybody going to walk away? No, you're going to have to no. buckle down harder and work or find an alternative environment to work in. So mm -hmm. you can get caught up in the minutia of prediction and worrying about where things are going to go and where they are, or you can listen to it 
and realize that you have to go out and work hard every day and maybe work a little bit harder other days. Yeah, good spot on. And Mark, when you look at servicing retention, one of the things we I had on with a call with several clients recently in the last week, and then again today, earlier before I did the podcast, we're talking about servicing retention. And they're noticing a significant amount of refinancing of their portfolio, even loans that were done in the 3%. And they're going, we thought that was absolutely secure. So when you look at servicing values, Mark, and where the servicing trends are, Mortgage lenders, by and large, if we're the better we are at origination, the worse we are at retaining our MSR portfolios, our mortgage servicing portfolios. Love to get your thoughts on that as you look at the market and interest rates ahead, Mark. I could do a three podcast series on that. I've lived <laughs> it over the years. Let me share a couple critical elements. First of all, lenders have never, ever done a good job on portfolio protection. Right now, in a low market, what they should be doing is should be working with their borrowers to let them know their loans are assumable if they are FHA and VA and assumable. So these borrowers can take advantage of that and sell in their properties and they get to retain the servicing. And they're doing a crummy job on that. And I'm doing a lot of help with some lenders on that program. And that's a big deal. The second thing that's out there right now that's really interesting about the MSR value is that a lot of people are selling their MSR. There's a little bit of a fire sale going on because there's not a lot of people, even though it's a good interest rate and it should have good lifetime, there's not a lot of people buying the smaller portfolios right now. They're looking at the bigger portfolios. So it's hard to sell. So you're not getting the premier price like you should have in the past. But a lot of folks are doing that to survive because they need that equity they got built up in their portfolio to help them on their balance sheet. So a lot of folks are doing that. So I've got a thing I put together. I'll do a sales pitch here for a minute. I've got a 10-point program that I can spend with servicers and tell them all the things I'm 99% sure they haven't been doing that they should be doing to improve their portfolio. Everything from going out and making sure all the people on their portfolio that are paying taxes have all the exemptions they're they can get to reduce their tax bill and also working on insurance. There's a couple of new insurance companies that have come up out there that are being very competitive and offering a much better programs than some of the big guys out there. Some of the big guys have backed out of some major states like Southern California and Florida yeah. and the Gulf Coast region of the United States because of earthquakes or hurricanes or whatever the case might be. But this company's got a solution for that. So there's a lot of people out there trying to bring the solutions to bear. And the more they bring to bear and the more the servicers pay attention, they're going to benefit from it. But they got to pay attention. And unfortunately, most of them aren't. And it frustrates me having spent all the years I have in the industry. Mark Helm and I are putting our heads together. We're going to be recording a series of podcasts to Mark's point. He could do three podcasts on that question alone. And we're going to be doing some recording in the new year here. And I'm really looking forward to those interviews, Mark, because you are just a wealth of information on servicing and how custom people can save, retain their servicing and do it so more effectively. And looking forward to that very much. Thanks for your thoughts on all of Thank this. Thank you, sir. You bet. Let's get over to Alice Alby with a legislative update. Alice, it is just so good to have you here. Been years since the beginning. I'll say that all the time. But Alice is a vice president of partner education and training at Union Home Mortgage. One of the better run mortgage companies out there that just finds a way of doing what Kittle uh, talked about. And that is get out and do the business. Ignore the noise, as Belichick used to say, and ignore the noise and get the business. Alice Alvey, good to have you here with us. Happy New Year, Alice. 
Thanks, Dave, and Happy New Year to you and everyone here. I love the tee up that you gave for me, Mark. That was terrific because I was going to talk about assumptions. And then also, I'm just going to chime in. Union Home is amazing at portfolio protection. Our retention rate for our refis is over 70%. Wow. Yeah, we really keep up good. on 80%. Kudos, yeah, we are. Bill and amazing. Yeah, that's it. There's the secret sauce there for sure. I will just plug if Mark Helm has a 10 point program, you should all be calling him for that because there are things in the secret sauce that only a servicer would know, like Mark. Anyway, another side point since he brought up assumptions, that was on my list to talk about as well. That is VA issued two important circulars on assumptions. They issued the first one back in May that walks through all of the requirements. So hopefully all of you in the servicing world have that pinned up to your bulletin boards there because I know everybody still prints stuff like that. How about copy it and save it to a cool file you go to all the time? But the most recent one at the end of December was VA slapping lenders' hands if you're discouraging borrowers from an assumption or you are applying your own credit overlays and to Mark's point about it really being an opportunity for borrowers, though, as a lender, they're a pain. You only get 300 bucks on a VA. You're going to lose money all day long as you have bunches of people working on it and you can't make a nickel on going through that transfer. They are a juggling act to try and get through the system because of that unpaid principal balance changing all the time. Just the whole dynamics of working outside of your normal portfolio machine or your origination machine. And now you're trying to just have a loan that's going to clunk its way around. So it is a challenge. We want to make sure though that everybody saw that. I think it's a message from both VA. You should consider that as well with FHA that we don't get the luxury to say we don't want to do your assumption and your servicing people have to be trained on how to handle that call. When it comes in, the only answer to that customer is, sure, how can I help you? Here's my package that tells you about assumptions to get them started and make sure that you're not getting yourself into a heap of trouble just by that initial phone call. It's no different on the front end when you say, oh, I have a yeah. customer calling to take a loan application and everybody knows we can't discourage them. The very similar rules apply on the assumption piece. So I think VA's circular, a lot of lenders like Union Home would go, oh, we got nothing to worry about. We're doing that right all day long. But as a lender anyway, you still go back, double check your systems, still double check that everybody's passing that correct message onto your customers when they call in looking for it. Because a loan officer, if they get the call, their first thing is going to be, I'm not getting a commission check on that. So I better try and talk them into a regular refi real quick. So nothing wrong with that if it's legit, but you don't want to lose the deal overall and lose the MSR on the deal because exactly. they go someplace else. So lots to learn about assumptions in today's market because you know that is not going away. They will be around for a long time when you look at those low rates sitting in your portfolios. Now, granted, values have gone up. Down payments can be pretty hefty. So one of the things to look at is second liens and how does that play into it and the agencies have some squirrely policies on that. So there's a lot That's that you have stupid. to learn there too. So anyway, I'll pass it back to you, Dave. That's my report for today. That's good. That's good to highlight the point. They have some squirrely policies. That's, that's a great way to, <laughs> it's great wording. It's true. And it's just like you're scratching your head afterwards. Is, what was behind that? They write everything as if it's a new origination and you have to try right. and interpret the new origination rules for, no, wait a minute. It's an assumption. Can I still do this, even though it's an assumption? So there's a lot to learn. 
A lot to learn there. Mark, open the door back up to you for any follow-on comments. Alice touched on what you were touching on earlier. Any follow-on comments, Mark? Yeah, I got a quick one in there. I think that your company, Alice, is more the exception in the rule with your success on the refinances. But but that's good. That's good for y'all because y'all broke in the code and y'all realize what you need to do and you're doing it. But I really think the assumptions are only being tapped maybe like 10 to 15% of where they should be considering where the interest rates are and with those loans laying there. This is a good opportunity for people doing that bridge financing to reach out and let people know, hey, did you realize you're going to assume an FHFA mortgage? And if you don't have enough to make the spread, we can help you on it because you blend get that blended interest rate and really do great with it. So, yeah, now the on the VA side, if you're doing a VA assumption, it's just so important that you let the the veteran know that their DD-214 is going to get tied up. And so they're yep, yep. not going to have the benefits. And that's a, just such an important part of that, the that, stress. That is true, unless your new buyer is a VA and can use his VA. Yes, to and, you can, and you can transfer it. Exactly. Which is common, yes. Mm-hmm. Yep, very good yep. point. Mr. Kittle, you're nodding your head up there. I know you're agreeing with that. Any comments you want to add Yeah, I'm I'm sitting here today for all your listeners out there, the wealth of knowledge that they just got from Alice and Mark, all the suggestions and everything they need to be thinking of was well worth the price of admission today. I'm telling you. (laughs) Exactly right. And see, as that admission price is paid by our advertisers, we're grateful for that. And so we just want to say thank you to everybody. Great. By the way, we mentioned TMC. We're just 75 days away from our conference in Louisville, Kentucky. And, yeah, uh, great receptions planned. We've got the bourbon tours. We've got all these wonderful things we're going to do. But the main thing you come for is the content and yes. the schedule and all of our meetings and every all of our speakers. That's going to go out here in the next week. So plan to oh, be good. able. Yeah, yeah. I, I heard you're having a whole bunch of people staying at your house so that we can all plan to staying there. Enjoy because you have one of the best wet bars in the entire industry. I've never seen a wet bar quite like yours. It is, it and, and the story behind it, how you went and got. The, your dad pulled it out of someplace and it's just, it's a bank. It used to be a bank. Anyway, don't we, that's a significant departure from what we're talking about here. But anyway, if you ever get a chance to go to Louisville, the exit bonus tour is Kittle's wet bar. And he has in his house. He has a gorgeous home and he has a beautiful wet bar. That's pretty spectacular. David, any other thoughts hey. you have for it? Go ahead. Someone else. Oh, that's all right. I was, since we saw, I saw David on camera, he made me think of it. He's always wearing those Kentucky Wildcats. I know. And I went, oh, wait, tonight. Big game. I know. I was not going to let that go, Alice. In fact, I almost started opening it up with that. But this is, and Michigan and him from Washington State, if you near the whole Pac-10, whole that, that whole thing, it's such a mess. So I am boot, I'm doubly down, even though I'm from Washington state and where I started my career and have many UW friends that are going to listen to me and scorn me big time for this, but I am rooting for Michigan state and they're going to be hard to beat Michigan, not Michigan state. I know I met, I was going to go get that right. Thanks for the correction. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for Michigan. Thank you. So Alice, I'm going to, this hurts, because I'm going to be pulling for Michigan tonight because I'm an SEC. However, just off the cuff question. You're in. The, they're in the Big Ten, right? Yes. Yes. Okay, you got 16 teams. Do the math. <laughs> <laughs> that's yes, funny. that's been discussed. Yeah. Let's get over to Alan Pollack for this week's tech report. Alan, what you got for us? Hey, David. Good to be here. Happy New Year, everyone. Uh, for those of you that I've not talked to yet, well, David, this is that time where the Consumer Electronics Show uh, takes off in Las Vegas. We talk about some of the cool tech every year. 
I will tell you right now, it just started. It goes for a couple more days. Uh, LG has already showed some really interesting transparent see-through television. Um, so there's no more big black box on your wall. It's a micro LED display and it produces brighter, clearer images and is more transparent in general. So that's pretty interesting. So you can see behind the TV is what they're proposing. Uh, but more importantly, there's some other things. There's going to be a lot of tech with AI. So chat GPT, um, gaming and AI, uh, seems to be really hot. There's a ice cream maker. So food creation is a hot topic at the CES show, uh, mobile accessories. Um, and then there's a whole bunch of stuff with mental wellness, health rings, and uh, smart ways to take your health information and cultivate diet and exercise plans. So we're going to continue to see growth in those areas. Anyways, I was looking for what is in real estate and mortgage, and I was unable to find anything. I'm sure something's out there. We will keep an eye on it and let you know next week. Uh, so moving on, David, to some mortgage topics. Very funny. I was reading the Rob Crisman report, as as many of us do, and he said, "This is this is great." He said, "There's a rumor that Snoop Dogg recently got into the credit reporting business, and even he can't believe how high the fees are." And then Rob says he'll show himself out, but he says, "Seriously, upfront fee collection is no longer a crip walk in the park. There's a company right now that they'll automate the entire fee chasing process. Lender Logics is the company." Borrower gets a text message on their device, they pay it, everything flows back to the LOS, no more headaches, and everything can be taken care of up front. So that's very interesting. Hats off to Lender Logics. Check it out if you're interested. Then, David, I was reading around, you know, this is the time when we really have to be focused on technology in 24. Um, we've talked about in past years the Moscow method. Um, we know right now, you know, for the lenders that listen, you folks are dealing with high cost, uh, vendor oversight, which technology solutions do what now, who's integrated, you know, are you using a feature that's been, you know, made better, but you don't know how to leverage it. So get this. I'm going to talk about that in a moment. I saw this online. The home buying process for Gen Z has been revolutionized by technology. We already know that, right? They're all over Instagram, TikTok, um, Facebook, different social media platforms. They're engaging in, in different places. Virtual tours. Remember what we talked about a couple of weeks ago where you can go, I think it was Redfin, and you can see that room designed differently, right? These are the tools that, that, that the Gen Zs are using and want to use. And so continuing to push toward digital pre-applications, streamlining loan applications, e-signing, enhancing that capability. Now, Gen Zers aren't going to be calling you saying, hey, do you have e-sign capability? You're going to engage with them digitally, and you're going to sustain that digital engagement through the entire process, including with a mix of human technology, a human um, effort, relationship, empathy, and then they're going to recommend you, and you're going to advertise about your process and, and the improvements that you receive. We all know this, right? I'm not telling you something you don't know, but that Gen Z lifestyle is where we need to be focused. They're making home buying with technology more efficient and accessible, so we have to continue to answer that demand. Obviously, we want to lower our costs. Now, David, moving over to the technology conversation I said I would do. Actually, before I do that, I always give uh, one or two AI components. I want to tell you about one AI component. It's called turncage.com. And you can go in and you tell it. It's, it's a website builder, by the way, and it's absolutely amazing. You give it a bunch of information about you. It says, hey, let me go research it. Uh, when I say you, I mean your company or your brand or what you're trying to create a website for. 
Um, it then asks you questions about things it finds in its internet search and, and you leveraging chat GPT. And then what it does is it continues to, to, to ask questions. You write paragraphs, it writes them for you, you revise them. And then the end within minutes, it creates an entire website. It's seriously, it's, it's unbelievable. So if you have a specific brand or a certain way that you want to advertise, maybe something a little more than just a landing page, um, check this out, turncage.com. All right, let's talk about technology, David. So, you know, there is so much orchestration of technology that we need to be concerned with as a lender. And what's difficult about that is you didn't sign up to be a technology company. So you've gone out and said, hey, I need all these different vendors, right? And over the years, you maybe acquired groups um, or, or different companies that have brought technology to you. you. You're doubled in certain areas. You're not mitigating risk in other areas. Overall, the orchestration of your technology is your most expensive component. The data security is something that you, you're, you're hoping that your vendors are covering for you, but you're at risk as well. So really, you need to sit down at the beginning of this year, right? In this first quarter, and you need to figure out how are we going to overcome what the technology challenge is going to be. And just like we talk about vendors from the lender side and say, hey, they have technical debt. Well, we as lenders have technical debt too. And it's a, not just a technology component. There's a people component. And so we have to, and this is, David, you're going to laugh. This is an acronym we used end of last year. It's decide where to use technology, D-W-T-U-T. And that is so, so critical. You have to sit down and start planning that out. Uh, I can talk more uh, next week about what should be the first thing you execute on. Assuming, let's say, that you've got a couple technical people, a project manager, you've got certain things out of the way, you're covered. But what do you focus on, right? What if you can't change your LOS, but still, what do you focus on? We'll have some of those conversations. So thanks, everyone, for listening. You know how to get a hold of me. It's Alan, A-L-L-E-N at tms-advisors.com. Thanks, everyone, and thank you, David. Very good. It's so good to get together with everybody. appreciate you being here, regulars, and love Les and Matt <laughs> for getting their content in as well as the MBA. Thank you so much, Adam DeSantis. That wraps up this week. Grateful to have all of you here. Happy New Year. Pay attention. Do what Kittle's been talking about for a long time on this. Just go back and focus on your business. Business is getting done. We're interviewing some of the top originators out there. You know what they're doing? They're ignoring the negative noise and they're just going to back to work and it's working for them. Top producers stay top producers because of what they focus on. So encourage you all to have a great year. Happy new year. Good to have everyone here with us. I want to say a special thank you to our sponsors, Byte Software, Finastra, Total Expert, Lender Homepage, True, Agent AI, the MBA, Lenders One, Mortgage Collaborative, Knowledge Coop, I Emergent, Mobility MMI, Modex. Thank you all for being sponsors. If you're interested in becoming a sponsor of this ever-becoming more popular podcast, get a hold of us. We'd love to have you join the list of sponsors. Have a great week, everybody. Look forward to having you back here next week. You've been listening to Lickin' on Lending, a weekly mortgage market update with your host, David Lickin' of Transformational Mortgage Solutions. Join us next week, and thanks for listening.